to Down for Fine Art. Dot podcast. I don't. I never know if I should keep saying that. Yeah, I know. I I left a weird gap for it in the last episode. I know you did. I'm, I'm worried it comes across as weird because I'm. Uh, the introduction to the last episode was questionable, and I can only apologise to Ellie and everyone involved in that episode. <laughs> I think all our energy had been on to trying to be even remotely professional in yeah, a professional true. live setting and then it, when we recorded the intro and outro afterwards just chaos was unleashed yeah but today we're not gonna have that today we're not no okay we're nice and calm yes and we're gonna do a good job i'd say we're calm i wouldn't i don't know if it's nice and calm i feel like no. i'm just lacking is it bad en- and calm yeah i'm just lacking in energy <laughs> it's slightly catatonic more than calm oh that's a good word did I use it right? No, I, I I'm actually, now doubting myself. No, no, I genuinely don't know what that word means, but I'm sure you used it fine. I just hope I didn't come across as patronising. Oh, that's a nice word. Okay, Google. What does catatonic mean? Hi, Izzy, your Google Assistant here. That's a, there's a lot I can help with. Oh. Turn off the flashlight. No, that's not what I wanted. We have a laptop what? right there we could use. Okay, no, we're moving on. Okay. We're, why, how do I get rid of that stop okay okay we're back on track (laughs) there i was saying like no this will be a nice calm start (laughs) anyway yes on to introducing the actual episode so in a previous episode one of our guests that came on gabrielle i can't quite remember like the full context of how this came up but we ended up talking a bit about i suppose kind of like ego in art Mm. particularly when it comes to like ego in your own art practice Mm -hmm. I think we were talking about playing to your skills or like trusting that you can do something well enough to almost like forfeit doing it. So like we were talking about tracing oh. and Gabrielle was like, well, I've learned that I can project my photos mm-hmm. and use it to like create the artwork a lot quicker than if I were to meticulously do oh, the proportions by hand, Yeah, which like... I, I personally am a big fan of, like, mm. I do the same when it comes to pet portraits. I print off the picture of the pet that I've been set, mm. sent and I map out, like, the proportions from it. Mm-hmm. I could do it by hand. I have the skill to do it by hand. Mm. It takes me multiple hours more. So, like, I think maybe that's where the conversation came up. Yeah, I think there was also another bit, like, later on in the episode where... I can't remember the exact name of like there was like a painting technique we were talking about and Gabrielle was like oh damn it I should have revised the episode but it was something like she said like oh I was thinking about doing this kind of painting and then she said like but then I realized I only wanted to do it because I knew I was good at that technique or something I I think I might have slightly made up that example but it was something along those lines yeah and I was like that's interesting like it's an interesting point I hadn't actually considered ego in relation to like the projecting thing, but that's another. Yeah, I don't know if like maybe that wasn't. No, I think like it's Gabrielle's intention. Yeah. Kind of, I think my interpretation of it probably was quite related to ego. Yeah, I hadn't thought about that, but it is a good point. Because I think like, I don't know. Like, I guess like with the pet portrait thing, my ego actually. I don't know if ego is the right word. Ego is kind of a weird word to be yeah. using because it's like no one wants to have an ego, do they? Yeah, it's a slightly <laughs> odd thing, but. I don't know, I think maybe it's your pride. It's partly my ego telling me that like, yeah, I could do this by hand. I'm confident that I could. I know I have the skills to do it, mm. but why would I? Like, 
this is something that I do to try and make money from and also it's not something I think like the progression and skills I get from when I do pet portraits mm. is not to do with how well I can draw a dog's snout. <laughs> um, like it's a lot more to do with like how I use colour, yeah. um, developing like my technique of draw like using coloured pencils yeah. and like trying to practice realism, which like I could also add to that the idea of like, oh, maybe I should also develop my skill set of like drawing accurately. Mm. I don't know, getting the proportions right or something, but also I'm like, well, I could do that or I could cut out probably about an hour of extra time, which would then make it more affordable for the person buying it and it would be more accurate. Yeah, I guess the ego bit of it is like feeling like you're some way an imposter if you've traced it. Yeah. Like, I guess even regardless of whether, like, in yours and Gabrielle's case, like, you know, you can... You both know you can do it without tracing. It's yeah. just saving you time. Whereas, like, I do feel like if I was to do it, I'd be like, I could sure give it a good stab at drawing this dog, but I don't think it would end up that great. And so then, like, yeah, I guess it's a, a slightly different ego thing then of, like, am I, am I cheating? And I, am I an imposter for doing yeah. it like this? Even though maybe we'd both have the same outcome. I mean, I know we wouldn't, but, like, theoretically, <laughs> maybe we would. Yeah, it's a valid point. Because I think a lot of people... Actually, maybe at some point I'll share a picture of, like, the trace drawing that I do. Because mm. it is usually probably about six lines. Like, it's not... There's really not much on it. Like, it's a very basic, like... I usually draw the eyes and the nose and then just do sort of, like, almost like a rough continuous line of, like the face is roughly that wide and like there are some ears attached to that I didn't understand what you meant when you said six lines I just kind of looked at you blankly I was like what do you mean six lines I was just picturing kind of like a little tally of six lines on a page and I was like how does that become a dog (laughs) with skill (laughs) but I see what you mean anyway to go back to the introduction to this episode we've already gone slightly off well we've Um, we've gone on if anything if anything we've We've gone on on and on (laughs) 65 episodes now. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, so I think this episode we're going to be roughly talking about ego in art. And I guess like how that presents in different ways or like... Actually, maybe it's not even necessarily ego in art. Maybe I need a definition of what ego is. I think I... I don't know, I kind of like the word ego because I don't think it's... Hang on, we've Googled it. A person's sense of... I don't know why I read that to myself. A person's sense of self-esteem or importance. And I do think... Or self-importance. God, I can't read. Yeah, I quite like the word ego because it's... I can't quite put my finger on why I like it. I think it's because it's something you don't want to be associated with. So it's kind of fun to be like, is this because of your ego? (laughs) Let's be honest. (laughs) But I guess also like a sense of pride or a sense of... I guess ego... I think I wrote the word ego in the first place because... I was thinking about it in like a performative sense mm. of like, oh, we should have this conversation with somebody who's into like theatre or like performing music or like something live. Okay. And like when you're, because I feel like then it, there's even more focus on like you as a person and like how good a job you've done if it's like you on a stage. Yeah. But I do think that like visual arts still has that kind of sense of it involved. Yeah. Like I feel like I don't, I'm already getting a little bit off, ta- off topic, but like, <laughs> There's almost a weird sense of celebrity about artists sometimes that you kind of have to build, even if you don't think of yourself as like a brand, you do kind of have to yeah. 
build yourself as like you know knowing people and getting followers or like whatever it might be yeah that's a very good point and i do find myself like when i meet people around cornwall because it's a Cornwall's a small world like yeah. there's always that weird thing of like you meet somebody and you kind of know maybe some work they've done you're like oh, I really like that work they did and then it's some of this weird like celebrity thing yeah and anyway so there's all that I think tied up in the word ego yeah that's very true and actually like something I find quite interesting the word ego like a person's sense of self self-esteem or self-importance that like nowhere does it say that a person has too much self-esteem or self-importance mm. like the ego is just what you think about That's your level true. of importance or esteem. Like, it's not saying it's inflated. That's true. So it's interesting that, like, I guess as a society, we've kind of decided that having any kind of self-esteem or self-importance is considered bad. <laughs> yeah. Because, like, it's that natural reaction of, like, ego being like, oh, that person's got an ego. That is not a overly nice thing to say about someone. Yeah. But actually, if ego just means their sense of self-esteem or self-importance, like, why is that a bad thing? Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. I'm, I'm talking... Answer me. Why Sorry. is it a bad thing? I Sorry, I didn't mean that. <laughs> I got distracted by the Google questions where it says, is ego good or bad? And it says, we all have egos. Most of the time, they're a force for good. Especially in a business environment where individual talent, ambition and confidence are major factors in a company's success. Mm. Which I do think that's very corporate, but like that ties into art where like Yeah, talent, ambition and confidence are very like Like they you have to have the, those things to be an artist. Actually I don't know if I believe that. Do I believe that? <laughs> I guess depends they what level <laughs> yes. you want to sort of. I get do think to. I think confidence is such a big one. Yes. Like oh, I don't know. I don't want to be like, if I had more confidence, I'd be the most successful artist in the world. But I do I mean, I don't saying, think it would hold just back. Yeah, though. yeah. I'm trying to think it's just a case of like going things. I'd love to be in the head, in the mind of somebody who is like a quote unquote big successful artist yeah. and be like, how does it feel to be you? Do you have a really big sense of self-confidence and ego? Yeah. Or are you actually like a sort of imposter syndrome riddled person like the rest of us, but you just push through and do it. I do- <laughs> yeah. I've flummoxed myself already. <laughs> and I think something else to like slightly go go off on that one. Something else I find really interesting is like if you are a really big name in art. Mm. So there's someone I know who is a really big name in art. I'm talking like international big. And they are they're so so lovely, but like they're really I wouldn't say that they're it comes across like they're lacking confidence, but there's definitely a level of like, their art is for them. They don't really want to like be perceived. Um, oh, interesting. And I wonder if like how that varies when you reach sort of the big leagues of art. Like mm. if you're David Hockney or something, like what is it like inside your brain? Like how, I'd love to know what level of confidence he has or like, does he get insecure about his work? Does he doubt it? Like. Or yeah. is he just like, I'm David fucking Hockney? <laughs> yeah, because yeah, there must be a point, and I'm saying this, I'm saying this like it's a true statement, but I, I'm actually not sure about this, but like, there must be a point that you've just had so much like external success that you're like, oh, I'm amazing. Everything yeah. I do is just, la- everyone laps it up. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I say that, I, there probably isn't that point, and I'm sure big artists still have that doubt, Yeah, I reckon. I reckon yeah, it'd be strange right. if they didn't. Like, 
I'm thinking about some of like the big characters, like mm. Tracy Emin. Mm. Like she seems like oh, I don't I don't know enough about her actually. I was gonna be like she seems very confident, but then also, but then also maybe she isn't. So <laughs> <laughs> that's a good point. <laughs> um, that was a beautifully made point. Oh god. Well, we do have some questions, but also oh, right, to go okay, off so. that though, I wonder if if you're like a like you just said a really big name, you've had years worth of success and the public laps up your work <laughs> um like does it i wonder if your ego or maybe not ego but like confidence. your confidence like your self-confidence mm. i wonder if that's slightly tied up in the fact that you can make a living uh-huh. so like i think for me maybe part of the reason i lack confidence when it comes to art is like either i can do art for myself because i enjoy it and i love it or I do art that is intended on being displayed somewhere. And then if it's being displayed somewhere, then there's always that thought of like, well, what if it sells because you have to price it? And then Mm. like, if it goes in a gallery, then they take a percentage. And then it's suddenly it's like, oh, actually, if my work is being in a, if my work is in the public realm, the public might like it Mm. and then form might want to buy it. And I think for me, I definitely have this thing in my head that's like, when I make something, I'm quite a perfectionist and I want it to be perfect. And I'm quite aware that that's tied up in like, will other people like it? Or like, if I sold this, could I make a living from it? Or like, could I be a full-time artist? Or like, mm. could I survive off this? But then if I was doing that, like, honestly, tops to people who can do that, because I don't think I'm cut out for that. Mm. I don't think I could, I don't think I could live with the pressure of being like, I have to produce things that people want to buy in order to survive and I wonder if people ever reach a point where they're like I'm so successful with my art like we're talking like David Hockney, Tracy Emin Mm. Um, like I'm so successful with my art that I don't have to worry about whether people will like it Mm. because I can make authentically and my name almost like carries the like oh this is like the latest like Tracy Emin work and I wonder if like you've already got that really well established fan base that really well established like like you have proved that you make work that like captivates the world I wonder if there's a level of like well I am I have reached success and therefore I don't need to like worry as much yeah but also I'm aware that this is me this is me wondering it in a brain that is quite anxious and those are things that I focus on so like yeah I don't know I just I'd be quite curious to talk to someone who is like such a huge name and just be like what like what's your level of self-confidence when it comes to your practice like do you ever think about whether it will sell do you ever think about making things specifically for someone or a gallery to like or do you Mm. just do whatever you want yeah I think Oh, it's complicated because a lot of the big names aren't necessarily commercial artists, mm. which I know wasn't your whole point. But like, I do wonder on a more practical level, maybe like how people who make because like loads of the Turner Prize winners and they work more in I don't know like moving image or like installations or kind of like ephemeral sort of projects that are more the action of doing something. I'm trying to think of an example and I'm not hugely succeeding, but like, I wait wait. Yeah, or like someone like Jeremy Della who does like documentaries or films or like mm. I think Mark Wallinger did like what was it called? State Britain? Something like that. Mm. And either like I don't 
like probably he you know they're paid by like the tape to like yeah. buy their art and put it in the collection and i'm sure that's probably quite a large sum of money but i can't imagine it comes in often like yeah. i think people like that maybe are paid for their time to come and like do talks or like lead projects or mm, that's think about things <laughs> but like i don't think well, I, I I could be wrong, but I don't think they're, like, selling things often. So I don't know how that complicates matters. Yeah, that's a good point, actually. I don't know, maybe... I've, I just... Maybe I just... I think I'm quite out of touch with, like, the really, really famous artists, <laughs> understandably. Um, because, yeah, like, I guess... I don't know, I guess from, like, a little little me perspective I like look at them and I'm like well you're literally top of your game like mm. surely you must be not like rolling in the cash but like you must be yeah. incredibly financially stable and like there must be an element of like well my work's like in the Tate and it's in this and like I you know there's constant requests for me to be places and do mm. things like I just are oh, I really just I'm yeah. now realising that I want to talk to, like, David Hockney, basically. Yeah, I want to be in their minds and <laughs> work out if, like... Because I do feel like I... <laughs> the second two things go my way, I'm like, great, I'm an amazing artist. Like, if two <laughs> people were to be like, oh, would you mind coming to do a talk for us? I'd be like, oh, my God, I'm a genius. Look at them, they're queuing up. <laughs> so, yeah, like... I have to, to bat them away <laughs> when I'm in the streets. <laughs> so to be, like, somebody who has, like, a fairly, st- like, a fairly regular stream of people being like oh will you come and like talk at-? even if it's like talk at our school like it doesn't have to be like a huge yeah. venue like surely that would do good things for your confidence yeah that's but a then, good point I don't know we're all like fallible humans and I feel like we're getting very existential here but to take it back to us maybe mm. like I think we've spoken about this before but if you were to like look at us three years ago a small marker of success for us back then. I actually can't think of an example, but like, um, we have a house. <laughs> you sure? Yeah, yeah. Like that's a nice example. I was trying to think of something art related, but a house works. And like maybe back then we would have been like, oh, it'd be so nice to have a house. Like, oh, I'd feel so much better. I'd be so like stable and like mm. mentally well with a house. And then it's like, you get that thing. And then to be fair, having a house has done wonders for me. Yeah. But. <laughs> Like, sometimes you do, you get the things that you think are going to make you happy and then, you know, they don't. Yeah. So it's all well and good us like, sitting here being like, oh, I'd be so happy and confident yeah. if people were asking me for X, Y and Z. And actually, in reality, I'm sure people, you know, I'm sure these artists still find a way to be like, oh, I'm yeah. awful. I'm, my work is useless and all this. Yeah, but anyway. that's a really good point. And I guess also, like, I wonder if there's an element of, like, staying humble as well and being, like... Yeah, you don't want to be, like, I'm the greatest. Yeah, or even, like, like the example that's coming to mind is Martin Creed. So he... I can't... He's, like... He's attached to UCA Farnham. I learned from my brief stint there. (laughs) (laughs) And they were... That was, like, quite a big selling point for UCA Farnham is that they have very close ties with Martin Creed and, like, he comes and he'll do, like, a lecture every so often. Mm. And I, I wonder if, like, if you're Martin Creed and, like, also no slander to Martin Creed. He, he genuinely seems like an absolutely lovely person. Um, but, like, I wonder if you've reached that point of success. If you're, I don't know, like, for me now, if, like, Falmouth University contacted me and was like, oh, we'd really like you to come and do a talk. I'd be like, oh, my God, 
Like, that's that's incredible. Yeah. I would love to. Yeah. And then I wonder if, like, you reach a point of success where maybe those things actually, like, annoy you or you're like, actually, I just, I don't care. Like, I don't, I don't want time. to do this. Yeah. And, like, yeah, I wonder if there's also maybe, I don't know, maybe an element of, like, the bigger and more successful you get. I don't know if you have to, like, practice being humble or, mm. like, I imagine a lot of people just naturally are very humble, but, like, I really hope that what, whatever success I have in my life, art-based or otherwise, I don't ever get to a point where I'm, like, bitter or take things for granted. Mm. I think, like, the house thing, like, yeah, okay, our house is suffering with the mould. Um, <laughs> and also it has some of the worst grouting in existence <laughs> and, like, other loads of really bizarre quirks. And, like, obviously it's a rented house, so, like, we're not... We don't have that level of stability but I don't want to ever get to a point where I'm like, this is just awful and like, yeah. oh, this isn't good enough and I'm stressed and like, actually, I want to do that thing where I'm like, oh my God, yeah, three years ago, this place was like an absolute dream for me. Yeah. And I want to keep that and be like, oh, I really appreciate that I've reached this milestone in my life. Yeah. And I appreciate it. Yeah. That's very nice. I feel like we've gone off on a... We have. <laughs> a weird tangent. <laughs> I was going to say a confidence tangent. And I feel like, I think confidence and ego are very related. Yes. But I feel like the questions that we have here about ego, I'm curious to hear the answer for. And also I think I'm maybe slightly... your toe? <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I just looked down and Anna's toe was on display. I have some very holy socks on. <laughs> I don't know if I can show you. <laughs> <laughs> that jump scare. Sorry. I would say about... Um, 40% of the bottom of my sock is whole. Oh, I'm amazed it was only one toe that slipped yeah, out. Yeah, they keep coming out and I've been trying to adjust them for ages. Sorry if you can hear shuffling sounds if that's me trying to put my toes back in. <laughs> anyway. Um, yeah, should the, we go back the to The questions the... <laughs> we have, I think, hopefully will be more helpful because there will... I think we can actually answer these about ourselves rather than us spending most of the episode being like, I'd love to talk to somebody who knows the answer to this. <laughs> Where's Tracy Emin when you need her? <laughs> So, um, I, do you have a question that you'd like to start with? Um, because I, you were going to say I do, but I'll let you. Let's go for it. Oh, okay. Um, hang on, I might have dropped the gun there. (laughs) (laughs) Let's start with, do we tend to make things that we know will make well? I don't know if that needs elaborating on, or if that's, hmm. I mean, I think that's pretty, I think it, yeah. Self-explanatory. Okay. Do you have an answer for this? That's a good question. I definitely have an answer Okay, for you this. go then. Yes. <laughs> okay. Very confidently, yes. Ah. So do you think that's an ego thing? No, I think it's a fear thing. Okay. A fear of... Not... Failing. Okay. Okay. We're getting quickly into therapy. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Straight back into it. <laughs> um... I don't know. I think, like... As, as I've spoken about quite a lot on the podcast, I am very much a perfectionist mm. and I am trying to become less of one. But like, it's just very, very innate to who I am. Mm. Um, and I think that like, the idea of making something that isn't my best work is like such a prevalent, prevalent, prevalent? Yeah, prevalent. 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 Yeah. That was horrifying. <laughs> <laughs> it's such like a prevalent... Um, <laughs> thing for me that like whenever I go to make something if it's not perfectly planned out perfectly executed it stops me from doing things 
like that's where my perfectionist tendencies like really trip me up is that like I almost like prevent myself from making because I just have a fear that it won't be done well so yeah. like therefore I don't even make anything like then... I stop at the first hurdle. I don't even get over a hurdle <laughs> it's like I see a hurdle yeah. in the distance and I trip myself up <laughs> oh that's an excellent metaphor but by extension I'm I'm like I will link this to ego if it kills me Come on. um I think like the fear of failure surely is still linked to ego because I guess, I guess it must be it's like why are you scared of failure Sorry, this is such a therapy session. Why are you scared of me? <laughs> when I was five! <laughs> like, I mean, maybe I can only switch myself. I can't stop pushing this on you. But, like, I feel like I'm scared of failure because... <laughs> Why do I feel like we're in Alcoholics Anonymous? Like, hi, I'm Anna, and I'm scared of failure. <laughs> hi, Hannah, I'm scared of failure too. <laughs> um, I feel like I, I'm scared of failure because... It's tied up in my self-worth and therefore my ego. Oh, interesting. So, like, whether that's me... I haven't worked out yet within the realm of me starting this sentence. If that's, like, fear of my self-worth being... Like, if that's from external perception. Like, if I don't want to be perceived to be failing. Or if it's from me uh-huh. and I don't want to perceive myself to be failing. I don't know, A, which one I'm more scared of. And, B, which one's more ego-related. I, had a really, I was like... Can we try that out? <laughs> fail and I will. Let's see. How, how we can fail. we instigate your deepest fear? <laughs> to be fair, it's probably situation specific of like if I was to like make a piece of art that I was really proud of and then I put it in a public setting and it somehow fails. Yeah. That's quite embarrassing. Okay. That's yeah, no, I get like, what you mean. Oh yeah, and then your ego would like take a hit, I yeah. guess, from that. I think while you were talking, I sort of had like a weird little revelation. Okay, good, because I was not getting anywhere. I was tying myself up in knots. I think, I think the reason I'm scared of failing when it comes to art or like not doing things perfectly, mm. I'm sure there's a, the same with you. I'm sure there's many factors that like play mm. into it. But I think it's because I'm scared of losing my identity. Ooh, we really are in therapy. This is honestly like therapy level. <laughs> I think because I have done art my whole life, um, it was my only hobby for like that's a, such a lie. <laughs> it's my only hobby. Probably is now, but like mm. it's been the only really consistent hobby I've had. And I think particularly in like my later years when I stopped doing my other hobbies and I was like, this is the only thing I have that I don't know, like, you know when you meet someone new and they're like, so what do you do for fun? And you're like, oh my God, (laughs) nothing. I think for me, like, the one thing I could always say is, like, I do art. Like, I love to draw. I love Mm. to paint. I'm really creative. And, like, I'm now aware that it's no longer a hobby for me and it's not something I do for fun anymore because I studied it at uni and it's it's become tied up in, like, work or, like, Mm. opportunities or, like, progression And I think it means that, like, if I were to make something that wasn't perfect or I didn't, like, exert that really high critical level of control over, I'm worried that I'd produce something that was just really bad. And I don't think I'd care about the external 
feeling that I'd get. Mm. I think it's more the internal thing of like, I would look at something that I had made Mm -hmm. and I would be disappointed in myself. Mm. And like almost disappointed that I wasn't doing the best I could or like living up to my expectations. And then I think in turn, I'd probably have quite a wobble about like, well, if I can't do this, then like, what can I do? And Mm. if I don't have art, then like, who am I? Mm. Sorry, this is going so deep, but like, I don't know. I think this is, this is something that we have mentioned on the podcast before, but it's quite like an interesting point is that I think if you do a creative subject, you are so much more likely to have that creative subject as like a really key integral part of your personality, of like who you are. Whereas I think if you're someone who, I don't know, maybe if you do science, it's not to say that science isn't like incredibly valuable to your life, Mm. But maybe if you didn't have, I don't know, maybe this is just my personal experience of it. But I think if you do a creative subject, you are a create, like, Mm. you are creative. It's who you are. You've probably done it since you were incredibly young. It's probably, like, tied up in, like, every aspect of your life. And if you remove that, it's a real moment of, like, actually, am I a different person to who I've always thought I was? Mm. So I think for me, maybe that's where some of that fear comes from. Mm. Of Like, if I'm not doing things well, am I cut out for this? And if I'm not cut out for this, then who am I without art? Yeah. Yeah. That's very interesting. So this is so... I've really, like, taken the tone down. No, no, absolutely not at all. I feel like you've just said so much and now I'm... I've been trusted with this information and I have to do something. Like, I have to respond well and I'm like... Yes. I mean, you definitely don't. We can move straight on. No, no, it is really interesting and, like, a very good point about, like, yeah, like you said, we've spoken about it before, how being a creative is so kind of core to our being. Yeah. And I also wonder if that's a little bit to do with, like, the nature of the job market or how we're going to... Yeah. That's not quite the right term for it, but, like, maybe if you are... I do work... I don't want to, like, completely oversimplify it, and I'm sure there are nuances to it all as always but like somebody who works in science or something you know with numbers involved (laughs) or someone who works in science or with numbers i don't know accountant mathematician i don't know what i meant by that um but like (laughs) there's more kind of conventional like nine to five jobs going where you can like go be a scientist for a day and then come home to your family and your hobbies whereas like for us, I feel like it does feel a bit more, it's a bit of a scrap and like there's less of like an on and off. It's more of a like, oh, okay, I'm going to go to this job that might not be art related to get some money, but then I'm going to, I want to, you know, I'm a creative person. I'm trying to be an artist. So I'm going to then go to my studio and spend time doing that. And like, it therefore gets more modeled in with the rest yeah. of your like life and your being. I'm saying some weird words today. <laughs> no, I'm vibing um, with it. <laughs> so I guess that kind of comes into it as well. And then like, because you've had to, I don't know, scrabble around and fight for it so hard that then the idea of it you're actually you know not any good at it is so kind of awful yes it's it's a big old thing but I wonder because I think something I was thinking about in terms of these like ego and art questions and like one of the other questions we have is like do we seek praise and validation from our art Mm. and if not what is the driving force for our art Mm. and I think when I think back to like how I got into art if I'm being like very honest I think with so many things in my life, and I'm hoping in others' lives as well, it's nice to be good at things. Yeah. And so I think that was, I think I really enjoyed making art, but like the art I made when I was younger, there was a big driving force was like, I'm going to make something that looks nice. 
and then I'm going to show it to somebody and they're going to be like, wow, I'm going to be like, I feel good about myself. And it was like a nice kind of positive feedback cycle, Uh we can call it that. And so I think that was a big ego thing of like, it was quite a, it's not performative exactly, but like, I'm going to make a thing and then it's going to be praised. Mm. And I think in that way, it feels similar to what I said at the beginning about like a theatre show. And if you're an actor, you do your play and then you get a big round of applause at the end. And it's like, oh, the adrenaline, I feel great. Yeah. Whereas I think maybe now, I don't. I don't think I make art quite in that same way. Okay. In that, I don't really know why I make art. I don't know what my driving force is at the moment. But like, I think uni takes that out of you a bit. You don't really make thing like make a thing, present it, and then your tutor or like then somebody goes like, "Well done, that's great." Yeah, that's very true. But there's still an element of that in there. Which is why I think yeah. it's so complicated and hard to tell what's going on anymore. Because yeah. do you feel like you came from the same place? Or do you think that you were purely doing it because you enjoyed doing it and there was less of a ego thing there initially? I think, yeah, I think I probably, I did art because I wanted to do art and I really, really enjoyed it. Mm. But then I guess also like thinking back to like when I was very young and I, all I would do in my spare time would be draw. And I'd think to, like, when I'd do my drawing and I'd go and, like, show my parents or my grandparents or something. And actually, like, I suppose I've never really considered the impact that had. But thinking about it now, like, my parents were nothing but supportive. Mm. Like, there was always that level of, like, enthusiasm and, like, oh, that's fantastic. Like, well done. Like, you proud of yourself. Like, mm. you should be. And that's definitely not the reason I did it. But equally, if I had gone to my parents and shown them something and they'd been like, well, what is that? <laughs> like, it would be quite savage. Um, and I think I would, I still would have done up. I wonder if maybe I would have kept it more to myself. And then I remember the time that I decided that actually I was going to like study art was when I did GCSE. So obviously I did GCSE art. And like that was never... That was never like up for question. I was always I was going to do art as long as I could. Yeah. And I remember when I did art, like I was I was really good, but I found it incredibly easy. Like mm. there was no challenge for me. And I I also have a weird memory of like I don't know if you ever had to do this, but part of the things we did as like homework would we'd be given an image, um. like a painting or something, and it would almost be like cut in half. Yeah. And then we'd have to like replicate the other half and get it like as similar as possible and like I think a few years ago I looked back through my GCSE pages that I'd done of that I can't tell the difference now like (laughs) I was really good and I think maybe I remember having those moments with my art teacher where she'd sort of look at it and have that similar reaction of like I can barely tell where the line is between the original and where you start and like that sense of like I wouldn't say it was like burning but there was definitely like at least a mild thing of like, oh, that like that's nice. Like I feel good about myself yeah. that I've kind of received a compliment or like been told I'm good at something. Mm-hmm. And I think that's just a very yes. innate part the of being human, thing. isn't it? Yeah. But I'd say that I definitely did art for myself because I liked it. And I think maybe that's why I struggle more now, like as I've got older, because I'm really I can't seem to untangle like the external reasons for doing art. Mm. And I think maybe if I were to just like completely pack in doing fine art, never exhibit again, delete all my artist statements, <gasps> like 
you know what I mean? Like fully like crumble that and then just do art for myself. Maybe I'd be more fruitful with what I do. Maybe mm. I'd produce more or mm-hmm. like enjoy it more. But like I I'm not at a point where I'm willing or wanting to do that. And therefore I sort of mm. feel like I'm still climbing through a really tangled mess of like my original reasons for doing art were internal motivators, but now they've become quite tangled up and influenced with like external reasons. And I don't yeah. know if those reasons are necessarily praise and validation, but they're definitely, uh, maybe they're not praise and validation. Maybe it's more about like, progression or like feeling like I'm doing the right thing yeah I think that's the thing like when you do art when you're younger at school due to the way it's taught it's very much like you you kind of look at artists and their concepts but a lot of it is quite visual and yeah and like I don't know yeah like you might be looking at the the topic of like environment so you look at an artist that looks at environments and you go ah they've done photography I'm going to do some photography in response to that. Like, yeah. it's kind of like, that's as deep as you go. Yeah. And then when you get to uni, it all, it all changes. And suddenly your driving forces are less like, let's make something that looks nice. And more like, let's actually really think about this. Yeah. And I think that's when, that's when it all gets complicated. Because, yeah, that's when your, like, driving force or, like, motivators change. Almost, like, outside of your control. You've, you've been told to change them. Mm. but then they they never go back <laughs> yeah that's a really good point because I guess like yeah. I don't know if I was, when you're at school and someone is like paint this picture you go, yes I can do that or Tick. maybe maybe you go no I can't do that Yeah. but like in my case if someone was like paint this picture I'd be like I can do that and I can do that really well whereas now it's more like tell me like what's the context, what's the concept, what's the reason you have made this, Mm. what themes do you deal with, how do you write about your work, like, that is the bit that I can't, as an anxious gal who spends a lot of time in her brain anyway, Mm. it almost, like, triggers the worst part of my personality that's like, let's be critical, I'm like, I actually think I need less of that, I think I need less time out my head, wait, less time in my head, more time out my head, whereas I think when you get to the degree stage or even just maybe older it really forces you into your head (laughs) yeah yeah definitely i think it's like surprising that isn't it that you have to do a degree and then you have to think to do the degree (laughs) like yeah i don't know what i was thought was gonna happen (laughs) it's yeah it's so hard because you have to oh i don't know like i'm really focusing on driving you know this idea of like a driving force behind Mm. your practice and it's like there's kind of at uni you focus on this conceptual driving force but then you never acknowledge that there's this other driving force of like why are we all here making art it's because presumably we all have something in us that wants to like i don't know like make things that go out into the world and are perceived in some Mm. way but whether that's like an ego thing of like i want to be perceived or whether it's a lack of ego and it's like i don't want to be perceived me personally so i'm going to make something and that thing goes out and is perceived almost Oh, I don't know. I feel like it ties in. <laughs> Sorry. This is such a complicated topic and I didn't realise when we started. How... I know. But like, it, I think it also relates to that whole thing about how much you should know about an artist, if that's quite the right word. So like, for example, when you go to the Tate, I find I kind of 
get more from a piece if I know about the artist, even mm. though the artist's like background might be fairly irrelevant to what's actually going mm. on in the piece. Although I feel like, I don't know, I feel like it, in my head it always is related. Mm. And so, but then there's, I know there's a whole kind of, I don't actually know much about the subject area, but there's there's a whole kind of area of like, there's been some like very questionable people who've made some like really brilliant art. And it's yeah. like, can you disassociate the art from the artist? And like, I don't know, there's this whole, this whole field of like, how much does the artist themselves or like the artwork relate to the artist? And can you separate the two? Yeah. And I think that, I don't know, I think that comes into it as well somehow. But Yeah, I think it does. It's all getting very out of hand. <laughs> Who knew that the ego would be so complicated? Oh, dear, oh dear. There's an interesting question there as well. I don't know if we've done with the other ones. We can, we can continue. I was just going to say, like, well, oh god, there's so many interesting questions. I don't know if we have time to see them all. So the ones I think are interesting is, can you tell if someone's art is driven by ego? And also... Are we more impressed by things that look good or are we more interested in the message? And also, which do we feel is more important to our own art? But that might be too many questions. I think the can you tell if somebody's art is driven by ego is quite difficult because I don't want to be like calling somebody out and being like, <laughs> obviously driven by ego. And also, I don't think the answer to that is yes. I don't know how I'd tell if somebody's art yeah, is I driven do. by ego. I think the only way I could is like, Oh, somebody's done a really like spectacular painting that's like really intricate, but then I don't think that's a bad thing. I'm like, fair enough. You yeah. go. If you can do a, like a beautiful work of art, go for it. Like, yeah. I don't know if I would be able to tell if someone's art is driven by ego. Mm. I don't even know if I know quite what that means. No. I think what that means is like they haven't done it for any real. Oh, I don't know. It feels kind of shady. I don't want to like. I don't want to say this is a bad thing, but like, I guess if somebody has done something in a like, a kind of a showing off way, like, a, mm. oh, look at what I can make. But then... I have thought of an example, actually. Okay. I know Damien Hurst is quite a controversial figure in the art world, kind of mm. for this reason in that a lot of people think his art, like, lacks any kind of substance and is very based on the fact that he is a big name Mm -hmm. and he can get away with like just putting anything out there and calling it art i i haven't really i've studied him a little bit from what i have studied about him i actually disagree with that i actually really like him as an artist i think he talks about some really interesting themes and i find some of his work is just really engaging but that's Mm -hmm. very much for me personally Mm. Um, but I know that it's a very, very common feeling to have in the art world is that he's, he has a lot of slander go his way. Yeah, that's um, an interesting, I hadn't, I think I was kind of going off on a very different tangent of like, oh, somebody who's like really makes something very impressive visually. Mm. But then I realised... I mean, to be fair, some of his stuff is pretty... Well, yeah, true. But I realised in saying that when I said like, oh, some somebody who's like showing off, that I think that's the crux of this whole thing is like, all art is to some extent yeah. you're showing off because yeah you have you, made something and you have presented and you it want to show it so like i really don't mean that in a bad way at all no. and also like i think that's why we're talking about this is because it kind of underpins all of art is this sort of showy yeah element of it but yeah damien hurst is a good example because yeah i definitely i don't know much like the ins and outs of his work i haven't really studied it but i definitely know that some people have issues yes and like i'm sure that uh 
a lot of the issues have probably quite a solid basis to them. I, mm. I don't know what they are, but like, I don't know. Like I said, I quite like his stuff, but I can also see that like, I don't know if you were to like walk into, what's the, I can never remember the titles of his works because he, he oh, names no. them like so elaborately, but like I don't know. the big old shark, you know? Yeah. Like, if you walk into a room and there's just like a whole ass shark in front of you and you're like, I mean, I guess that's showing off. Like, yeah, that's that must be pretty ego driven in the sense that, like, I've got a shark and I put it in a gallery. Like, no one has done that before. Yeah. A- apart from, well, anyway, <laughs> or like you know his the skull that he did that was like covered oh, in diamonds. Like, yeah. yeah, like doing that and being, oh, you know, I'm the first to do this, or like not even necessarily the first, but like I've done it in a way that is the money that goes. Into yeah, it, like I kind of it's such a luxurious item to even think about producing let alone actually making Mm. and like maybe he's quite a good example to like if you're going to think about how ego plays into art and whether someone does art for egotistical reasons I feel like he could be quite a good example to like almost like go to with your questions in mind Mm. and then like research his work and kind of see what comes out of it maybe we should have done that (laughs) maybe we should have maybe we should have (laughs) the more we like talk in this episode the more confused i get and i feel like i need to go for like a big walk and just let all the ideas (laughs) mull around my brain and then come back for episode two and be like right so here's what i've concluded Um, we could do part two to which, this episode. Maybe we should have done beforehand and then come to the episode with the conclusions rather than the other potentially. <laughs> but anyway, yeah, we could do a part part two. Um, yeah, and are we more impressed by things that look good, or are we more interested in the message? I feel like that's something that's personally for me moved from one to the other over the years. Mm. Where like initially, like I remember there was an artist. I want to say her name was like Sarah Simblett or something like that. Mm very impressed if that is right and well done to my brain if it's pulled that out of nowhere um that i looked at at a level who did like or primary still does i think she's still alive um (laughs) hope you're well sarah (laughs) who does like very very like detailed accurate pencil drawings of trees Mm, um and i think at the time i looked at her work and i was like this incredible and i kind of did a you know my own version of it Mm. and like i was impressed by that but probably more on a like technical visual level yeah. where it's like maybe now if I came to it I actually do think I would be less interested in like I, I can still like recognise the skill but I don't think I'd be quite as like oh my god wow look at those drawings I'd be more like interesting like why is she drawing trees and yeah. kind of how do, yeah I think that's what fine art at uni does to you um, <laughs> and I, so I think personally I've shifted now I'm more interested in the message although I still do love a good visual feast yeah. for the eyes <laughs> That was said very weirdly. What about you? Um, I think maybe a mixture. I know it's a bit of a cop out answer, no, no, but I, like, yeah. I think I am more drawn to visually, like, aesthetic things. Like, I like I like things that look nice. If I go into an exhibition, I will mm. go to the artwork that looks appealing to me. Yeah, that's true. Actually, I do that. But also, I think maybe sometimes I get more satisfaction from a piece of work that has interested me because of the message. Mm. Like, I'm thinking specifically um, the artist is present, like Marina Abramovich. Mm. So, like, that, if I had walked past that, I wouldn't have cared at all. Like, I would have done that thing and been like, my God, fine art is so pretentious. (laughs) Um, And it is. (laughs) I won't argue with that. But 
I think if I'd like just gone gone past it, should I maybe explain what? Oh yeah, yeah. Um, brief. Yeah, so Marina Bromovich is a performance artist, and she's done loads of like really really interesting performance pieces. But the one that I'm thinking of is she, um, there was a film that was made about her called The Artist Is Present, and in it she does like was it MoMA or was it somewhere else? Could have been. It was at some <laughs> exhibition <laughs> space so in horrible. America. That big old place. Um, <laughs> and basically she wore this red dress and she sat in a chair and the chair was like, had like a little table and then a chair the opposite side. And I can't remember how long it was, but she wouldn't move and she wouldn't talk. And like people were invited to go and sit opposite her. And like, you kind of hear that and you're like, fine art is so pretentious. <laughs> like... There's nothing visually stimulating about that. Mm. But oh my god, that film was the most emotional thing. Yeah. Like it hit right in the heart. And it now means that like every time I see that piece of work, it's like just the thought that went into it is just like incredible. Mm. And I don't know, the dedication to her craft and like all ah, oh, there was just so many pieces to it that like provided so much and I think I think that's like become one of my all-time favorite things Mm. is like when you interact with an artwork that has such a cool backstory to it I find that a lot more satisfying but then I think just on like a day-to-day basis or like if I'm just going into a gallery and maybe it's a really big big exhibition and I've sort of can't spend like loads of time with all the work I will just be so much more drawn to the pieces that I think are mm. beautiful or like, I don't know, yeah, yeah visually think, appealing. I think I've realised as you were talking that maybe my comparison to like, oh, what would I have been interested in like at A-level versus now is like, I think I'm still interested in the visuals yeah. more than I said before, but it's just maybe that the visuals I'm interested in have changed slightly. Okay. Where like now I might like see something kind of ceramic-y and rocky and be like, ooh, even if I don't know what it's about or, like, it's, you know, maybe it's not that relevant to me or, yeah. or whatever, I might still be interested in something like that. Whereas, like, maybe I'm less interested in pictures of trees than I was then. Maybe. As well. And also, I think you've touched on an interesting thing that I don't think we've got time to get into, but performance art and ego, uh-huh. I feel like a very... That's an mm. interesting topic of, like, if the artwork is literally you sitting there for a week... And I'm inviting people to come and look into your eyes. That could be read as quite egotistical. And I'm not saying it is, but like... It could definitely be read that way. Yeah, <laughs> there's a strong argument there. And even like um, Marina did an, another piece where she walked the Wall of China mm. and then met her partner Yulei halfway oh, yeah. and they broke up. Like that was the whole point of the piece is that they started either end of the Great Wall of China met in the middle to break up. Oh, I'd forgotten that very crucial piece of information. I remembered that they walked the thing, but I didn't know that they'd... I think the intention was that they were oh, going God. to break up, like, when they met, <sighs> which did happen. And, like, oh, that, like, that's pretty damn egotistical. But I'm not saying that's a bad thing, though. Like, I don't think ego is bad. But also, yeah. that's pretty... Um, wow. Oh, I don't know, God. dedication. Or imagine being to a partner, like, oh, God, I'm so sorry, I think we should break up. But let's do it. <laughs> let's fly to China and walk from the opposite ends <laughs> of the 
the Great Wall. Oh, that's so funny. Wow. So, in conclusion... I don't know what we can conclude. I feel like we've really gone around the houses and I don't know if we've actually, like... <laughs> yeah, I don't know if we've come to many conclusions. No. <laughs> I think the main conclusion is that ego and art are very bound up. Yes. And it's complicated. I don't know why I've tried to do a conclusion because we never normally do a conclusion. I'm really enjoying this. Um, and particularly because we don't have a conclusion, it's a weird point to start <laughs> doing a conclusion. But yeah, I think, personally, it's changed for me throughout my artistic life. I'm sure the ego is still involved, though. Like, yeah. Maybe just differently to how it was before. Maybe now I want to be perceived as, like, clever in my art, whereas before I wanted to just be, like, pretty yeah, in my art. Yeah, that's a good point. I guess, actually, like, to go back to the definition of what ego is, a sense of self-esteem or self-importance, like, I think it's an interesting thing to remind yourself as well that, like, ego isn't bad. Like, it's not bad at all. Like, nowhere in that definition does it say that ego is a negative thing or, like, it you have too much self-importance mm. or too much self-esteem. Yeah. Everyone has an ego. Yeah, you kind of... I think you need an ego to be an art. Yeah, and I think particularly when you're in art, what ego you have, I think it has to be quite strong. Because, yeah. like, self-importance and self-esteem, you can't really do art unless you've got at least some self-esteem. Like, that's yeah. kind of a basic. I guess you can make the art, but then it's like, Getting it out there, maybe. I don't but even, even know if you it, could make it. Yeah, true, true. Like, if you had no self-esteem, would you be able to actually sit down and make a painting? <sighs> yeah. Sorry, I was just struck at the idea of just sitting down and making a painting. Like, I am awful. <laughs> <laughs> to be honest, that's probably how a lot of people do their paintings. Like, yeah. why am I doing this? This Eeyore. is so bad. <laughs> Your energy. Anyway. Yeah, I've really enjoyed this, though. Good. I feel like I have thought more than I have recently. Interesting. That's good. I feel like I've thought, but I've annoyed myself because I've not... I've just gone round in wild, tangled circles. <laughs> but anyway, here we are. We're at the end. We're at the end. <laughs> <laughs> We're not out of the tangled circle mess. We're just We're deciding just to end. Yeah. Um, well, um, if you've made it this far, thank you very much. And you'll hear from us again in three weeks' time, as yes. per usual. I've also decided to Izzy's dismay that I'm going to end the episodes by saying toodaloo so you've got that to look forward to is this how you're going to end it in a second yeah I don't know what I said in a second I kind of thought you'd carry (laughs) on in a second and then at the end I'd just be like toodaloo I think I think I kind of did the end now I think you need to do the toodaloo oh I'm sorry okay well goodbye and toodaloo (laughs) I hate that